0: Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma the Let's Career Eat Grandma Warrior, Warrior, Podcast. Warrior Podcast. All right, welcome to the 44th episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're gonna punch fear in the mouth by discussing rejection therapy and what it can do for you. I know that so many of us, including myself, Limit our own potential by not going for what we want. Or worse, we don't go for what we should be going after. Maybe there's a job position you want to go for and it's a stretch for you. Maybe you believe it's time for a promotion and you're scared to ask your boss. Maybe your coworker is the hottest thing on the planet and you're afraid that things are gonna get awkward real quick once they say no. Well, dealing with rejection is a muscle and today we're gonna take you to the gym. I brought on Alex Grodnick, a true career warrior, and we're going to talk about the concept of rejection therapy. Alex is the co-founder of pay club and the founder of Grod media, which hosts the moving up podcast. This amazing podcast is focused on interviews with business leaders, secrets to success, and how to optimize your career path and life in general. So, I already love it, and it's no surprise that we are actually hosting each other on our respective podcasts. So, let's talk rejection therapy, because this is really going to take you up a notch in life, and let's make your life even more fulfilling with our 44th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Alex, how are you doing, man?
1: Hey, Chris. I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, it's good to see you, and I just want to say how... Well, serendipitous, there's no better word, but how serendipitous it is that you wanted to discuss this topic with me just because I'm kind of in that realization that rejection really is a big thing for a lot of people. And it's something that even I struggle with, you know, every once in a while, and it's something that I want to overcome. So I'm excited to have you on, man. And I think this is going to be a really good topic.
1: Yeah, excited, excited to be here, excited to be speaking about rejection.
0: Awesome. So I talked a little bit about your background, but I just want to hear more about how you arrived as your current status as a co-founder and possibly if you can tie in some rejection themes, that would be great too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think maybe let's start it when I was like three years old and I just remember my dad always telling me, Alex, mm-hmm. never take no for an answer. And you know, that's some generic advice that maybe i uh, parent can give you. Uh, but for me, I mean, I, I can remember him telling it to me all the time and just internalizing it and just being yeah. like, no, it's just a word. And why would I need to hear it? Or why would I need to accept it? And so actually coming to um, more realization kind of in the past few years, I guess you could say maybe getting enlightened about it. I've looked back and I've seen throughout my life that I actually enjoy hearing no. Because every time I hear it, I get to follow my dad's words and just not take no for an answer, and then find a creative solution, something interesting uh, way around it. Uh, growing up, it was always like, "Oh, Alex likes beating the system," um, <laughs> but 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 now it's it's been much more, and it's proven to be a like a pretty big asset in my life. So uh i'll tell you quickly That's my awesome. yeah 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 so i'll give you the the quick kind of overview of of what my career's been thus far and then we can kind of get into some of the nitty gritty about about some of these instances of, of not taking no but basically grew up out on the west coast in park city utah didn't know anything about wall street but i don't know somehow in my brain it was like oh i want to go work on wall street Everyone in my family's entrepreneurs. That's what I was growing up. I was the kid starting car washes and selling <laughs> selling stuff door to door. That's, so. why,
0: that's why you and I are so similar. I did the same thing. I had like a. Uh, I wasn't a lemonade stand. I was too cool for that. I was like a Coke and uh, Sprite stand, and it was. uh, I sold it for pretty cheap, so I like. Oh, oh yeah,
1: <laughs> I can't tell you how many stands I've had selling lemonade or candy bars. I mean, even when I was like yeah. driving my car to a lemonade stand, like I was 16 years old selling lemonade. Um, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But, but, you know, you get like caught up in what society tells you is valuable and what society tells you is prestigious. So like, I'm like, Oh, Wall Street, you know, that's, that's where you make lots of money and Mm -hmm. those jobs are very prestigious. And so went out to school on the East coast, went to Lehigh in Pennsylvania. And basically all of this was with the end goal of getting one of these investment banking jobs and, uh, everything was going great. Got the internship along the path and then you know 2009 hit the year i graduated i guess 2008 hit but i graduated yeah. in 2009 yeah uh, i mean our career fair was the day after bear stearns collapsed it was oh just, my goodness it was like oh boy um this is a little roadblock yeah so again you know your companies are shutting down they're not taking it they're not uh, doing interviews and it's like all right here's another instance where i get to not take no for an answer. And I was actually able to hustle my way into getting a job with J.P. Morgan. And I mean, I can't tell you how many hundreds of resumes and interviews. And I mean, it was just like basically a shit show of going through this process. Um, But I triumphed. And the job wasn't in their investment banking group. It was in their asset management group. And in 2009, they really beefed up that program because everyone took all their money out of all these random community banks and moved it to JP Morgan because there was like a flight to safety. So they hired all these extra analysts and I was one of them. And so I was doing this analyst program. It was originally in New York and then I moved to Detroit actually for a little bit and then finally finished it out in Los Angeles. But as I was finishing the analyst program, I was still super focused on getting that investment banking job Mm -hmm. back to the, you know, not taking no. It's like I heard no a million times, but I still wanted that job. Uh, and so I was talking with some investment banks around LA, and actually my boss made and made an intro for me. And Hoolahan Loki had a need, and uh, so I did a, some what they call super day interviews, where you go like interview for seven hours and do all these technical interviews for investment making type questions. And yeah, uh, and I got the job. So it was like, wow, I'm 23 years old, and like this job that I've been working for my entire life, I I just got. So it was, it was a pretty good feeling, um, that's awesome, yeah, and then I had i would say not so good a feeling of once I actually had the job, and you know I'm doing it for a, a year plus, and it's like i don't know if i I don't know if I love this job, and that's an interesting position to come to because, like I said, you've worked so hard your entire life to get something and you get it, and then you don't love it, so then you're like, huh, I'm." a little lost. I don't know what I, what I should be doing. So, yeah. uh, from that point I went to work for like another kind of investment banking job just for a digital media company where we were buying and selling websites and apps. And, uh, still it's like, huh, this is not quite right. So at that point I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to business school. I'm going to try to focus on myself, figure out what is right for me. So mm-hmm. I went to UCLA Anderson, uh, got to business school and actually pretty, pretty early on, uh, I had a really, really, impactful event happened and I'll quickly describe the event and then we can wrap up the story. But, uh, you know, in business school, a big piece of it is about like, you know, traveling with people and having incredible experiences and meeting new people and networking and, uh, a piece of it's about classroom experience. So, but actually the important moment for me happened in a classroom and like a leadership class right. where the professor, had us uh, think about moments when we were being our most authentic self and the way he described this exercise is he said you know think of your life as a movie and as you're fast forwarding through the dvd of your life look for times when you've been especially motivated really confident feeling like things are just really working firing on all cylinders and so you're going through um, all these times in your life and you're writing down the instances of of what's happening. And then you're trying to yeah. look, look for patterns of of what's going on. And as I wrote down these, you know, five or six different times, it's like, well, I mean, every single one of these times I'm doing something entrepreneurial. I'm doing those mm. bi- businesses growing up. And it's like, wow, the light bulb just was like more clear than ever, man. What am I doing? Chasing all these jobs that other people say are prestigious that, I don't really care about when mm. I was put on this earth to just start and create and do and be an entrepreneur, kick, kicking down doors. Yeah. And, uh, and so from that point forward, the next you know, year and a half of business school, I started several different businesses. I started a podcast that kind of took off. I've started a fintech company. I've just got my sleeves really rolled up into the startup world.
0: Thriving. That's awesome, man. It's it's funny because I don't even know if you're doing this intentionally, but you're hitting upon some of the best themes of this podcast, which are not doing what society tells you to do and not, you know, having because we all have this pressure from, you know, whoever, whether it's our family members or friends or just the the cool influences we have to do all these things when they may not be the right fit for us. Um, So I think that's really awesome in your case that you were able to find possibly through that exercise what fit for you best. And it seems like you're really killing it, man. So props to you.
1: Well, yeah, Chris, I mean, it's super hard disconnecting yourself from what society says you should be doing. You know, like, Mm
0: -hmm. Oh yeah.
1: Investment banking is one of these jobs where, you know, people from Harvard and Wharton get it. They pay you lots of money. It's really hard to get the job. Everyone Mm -hmm. wants to get it. And so it's like, shit, I should totally be trying to do what everyone else in society is trying to do. Um, and it definitely takes some reflection and self actualization to figure out you know actually what is right for you because I can tell you I mean I had that job with like twelve other analysts and I think one of them is still there so for eleven out of twelve it wasn't right but for all of them it was like their dream job growing up so it, it, there's definitely wow. a point where you figure out what is right for you and for me it was in business school you know I happened when I was twenty eight years old maybe that's a little later than or earlier you know everyone's got their own path and like it's difficult. Everyone wants to compare themselves to everybody else. But I mean, it's just toxic doing all those things.
0: For sure. For sure. Well, cool. I want to launch into the topic, which is rejection and rejection therapy. But first, Alex, could you just touch a little bit upon why so many people are afraid of rejection? I mean, it just seems to be this this prevalent thing that's tough to escape sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's the way our brains are programmed. It's, it's for survival. Like you don't want to do things that are going to put yourself out there, put yourself in a, you know, an awkward position and then set yourself up for failure. Like you'll starve to death or get eaten by a lion, you know, in the, (laughs) in the evolutionary perspective. So it's like those traits are passed on to us today. And maybe they don't make quite as much sense, you know, in, in our society today where like you're sitting in a classroom and you're afraid to ask a question because, you know, other people are going to judge you or you're going to look silly right. uh, when in actuality, like no one cares that you asked a question. And then 30 seconds afterward, no one's ever going to remember again.
0: Yeah. No one. No one's thinking about that as much as you are. <laughs>
1: it, yeah, exactly. But, you know, we're still all afraid to ask for what we want in life because you don't want to get told no. Like getting told no hurts, sucks. And like you're, everything in your Brain, your being, your soul is telling you don't do it. But like you said in the intro of this podcast, um, you know, fears, rejection, being being one of them. Uh, they can be practiced away, just like if you were afraid of germs, and every single day you go touch some doorknob or something that that's got a lot of germs on it. You know, over time, you're going to realize, hey, I'm still alive. I'm yep. not. I'm not sick. So it's this through this process of Desensitization, you can remove the fear of rejection, just like you could with removing the fear of anything else.
0: That's fantastic. So you're you're kind of segueing perfectly into this topic of rejection therapy, but is essentially what you're saying is you're desensitizing yourself, but for the purposes of purposes of rejection, correct?
1: Yep, exactly. And and it's a kind of a cool way to there's an interesting way that you can kind of game the system here you know like we're all afraid Mm -hmm. to go walk into our boss's office and say hey can i have a raise or to walk up to uh you know some attractive girl or guy or something in a bar and say hey do you want to go out with me like those things are tough um so you can start with easier asks you can ask someone for a stick of gum or for a high five or to take a selfie with you or my really one of my favorite ones is to ask for a discount on something when you're when you're buying it when you're buying lunch so, so i used to do this all the time i still yeah, do, talk like,
0: about talk about that a little bit because yeah. that's that's so intriguing to me
1: i mean when you're buying a turkey sandwich and you get to the cash register you say hey may i please have a discount on this and that's it like you just very very simple and you know what chris oftentimes i would say like almost half the time they're like sure you can have 10 percent off or you can have 15 percent off and so if you get that <laughs> awesome. Like, great. You just saved a buck. But if not, then boom, you just got your rejection for the day. And so like the way this works is, uh, you gotta put yourself out there and, and ask for things that make you uncomfortable. I mean, asking for a discount is an easy, easy thing, but over time your confidence starts to build. You start to see the world in a really positive light because, while you're out looking for nos, like I said, with the sandwich exercise, you end up getting a lot of yeses. So uh, it it kind of paints the world in a in a really positive light. And you know what? Before you know it, you're like you're like it's not difficult to start asking for anything. Yeah, the first few times you're doing this, it's like oh, this is weird. I don't want to do it. Uh, over a couple of days, I'm not talking about like weeks or months. I'm talking about like a few days. Days. It becomes like a no brainer.
0: Yeah, it, it's so funny you mentioned that because. I felt the same thing because when I get in modes of say, like there's a phase in my life where I feel like I'm afraid to ask for things or afraid to be assertive or whatever. And it feels like I'm super far in it. And it feels like I am just this really shy person. But when I, and this is a metaphor here, but like when I jump into that cold end of the pool, just almost right away with starting to ask these questions. And I'm almost almost always amazed and surprised by how quickly I'm able to get back into that asking mode, that bold and confident mode. So you're absolutely right. Like it is, it is something that can be picked up fairly quickly.
1: Yeah. I mean, on the other side, the, the opposite is true as well. When you, once you stop doing this, it, it goes away yes, and so muscles,
0: yep, just it, like muscles.
1: Yep. Same, same thing. So it does, it does take some, some repetition, but yeah, it's a pretty powerful muscle to exercise.
0: Is there a good like quota I should be hitting like every single week or something? Because like, what's what what's a good number um, if I'm if I'm going to challenge listeners to this podcast to yep. do the same thing?
1: Yeah. So uh, the way that I did the challenge was I tried to do it. I mean, I've done it many many times now. But like the first time I did it was I said I want to go do this for thirty days. I want to do this for one month, and I want to chart the the outcomes, the yeses, the nos, and I want to see what happens. And so I tasked myself with getting one rejection every single day for 30 days and it's just just one so when you're in the line for lunch and you ask and you ask for a discount if you end up getting the discount then you didn't get your rejection for the day you still have to go out and find a rejection in some other way asking someone for a ride or like i said a hug or a selfie or to borrow a dollar i mean it's like or when you go to dinner you can ask for another discount but um every day for 30 days, one a day. And so I kind of like charted the progress of it. And so there's there's this, like this graft of perceived confidence. And Mm -hmm. like you said, jumping in the cold end end of the pool, you don't want to do it the first time, the second time you still don't really want to do it third, fourth time. It's like, okay, it's starting to get a little little easier, a little easier. And like by the seventh, eighth, ninth time, you're like, Oh, this is like nothing. And you're just like asking for things. And then this other really great thing happens. So, after the confidence I kind of alluded to this earlier, but like you start to see the world in such a positive light. So when I did yeah. this for 30 days, um, you know, I was walking by a, uh, I, I live in LA and I was walking by, I think they were filming a commercial or something, but I said, Hey, can I call action on the, on, on the set? And they're like, <laughs> Oh,
0: no, cool. Yeah. Here's the, that's so creative. so creative. I, I mean, love that. you're just
1: like going through life and you're like, ah, oh, I'm afraid <laughs> I would, I And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. So they handed me, I don't know, whatever that clipping, that clipboard thing is. And I was like, okay, action. And then they, they, they started rolling. You know, I, I I was at a restaurant. I said, Hey, can I see where you keep the steaks? It was a steak restaurant. Like, oh yeah, come on back. Um, I asked if I could cut like a, probably like an hour and a half long line for this like ice cream pop-up thing in, in in LA here. And someone was like, sure, come. Oh, wow. Come on.
0: That's, that's what I'd be so afraid to do, man. That's, that's what I'd have a hard time doing. That's just me.
1: (laughs) Dude, I'm. Yes, you will have a hard time in the beginning. Yeah, couple couple days into this, it's like it's a, it's a no brainer. So I mean, I have like yeah. so many of these like cool instances of when mm-hmm. people say yes. The downside is you still didn't get your rejection for the day, so then you gotta go find uh, another no. And then the final piece of it is is you get a, a sense of humility because kind of like the point I was mentioning about how raising your hand in a class and asking and what you start to see here is, is that maybe you think that you're going to look like an idiot or you're going to put yourself out there. Yeah. Other people don't view it like that because everyone else is so caught up in their own lives and what's happening with them that if you have a bad hair day and like you think it's the worst day no one else probably even notices that your hair looks funny because they're worried about how their hair looks. And if you ask a silly question, no one worries about that either. So, as you're going through life asking for stuff, you're like, "Oh, is what's this person going to think of me when I when I ask for this discount?" Five seconds later, they're not even going to remember. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a pretty powerful methodology. And and now me talking about it so much, like it's like, "Oh man, I haven't done this in a while. Maybe I <laughs> maybe I should yeah. ramp this up again and do another thirty yeah. days."
0: So what we should do at the end of this podcast is let's let's find a challenge. Let's make up our own challenge for the listeners of this podcast. Uh, we'll make it based on our rules, and I'll have I'll ask people to email in, just letting us know their stories and things like that. But uh, start to get your wheels spinning, and I'll I'll try to think of some rules as well. But this is great. Cool. Yeah, I love it. I also want to delve into just one more question about kind of the specifics here. But let's say that I am shooting to ask something so i i want to ask for my boss i want to ask a raise for my boss or i want to start going for jobs that are a stretch for me how how does this integrate into some of these rejection games that i'd be playing because all these are you know unrelated not really tied to our jobs or relationships so directly but is this something to where i use this game or this tool to kind of warm into it and then maybe on day five i might ask for that raise or how do you see it is it a little bit more free flowing
1: yeah i mean it totally builds like i said you know over the, over the course of this yeah probably you know somewhere in the middle of it so you've been doing it you've been asking for little things for a couple weeks and now yeah. it's like okay i i feel good about walking into the my boss's office and and staking my claim and telling him why i deserve deserve a raise. And yeah, yeah, you'll feel it. I'm you'll, sure you'll feel it. You'll feel it. It'll, it'll be natural. You're still, it's not like you're just going to be fearless and like walk in there and like put your feet up on the desk and smoke a cigar and say, hey, like give me 50000 more dollars. Like that's obviously not the way our brains are wired but you'll have much more confidence in yourself, in who you are to be able to start asking for actually important things. Sticks of gums and discounts on sandwiches don't really matter. Dates and and you know, asking for things at, at work, or you know, in my perspective, I mean, asking for investment into into my fintech yeah. startup. I mean, dude, I can't tell you how many hundreds of, of rejections I have. So, I, actually, I probably am pretty practiced in this because I get I get told no uh, <laughs> <laughs> to invest in my company like almost almost daily. Um, yeah, it's. I would, I don't want to say that it gets easier because they always suck. You never want to hear no, but like they just like affect you less because maybe someone tells you no and you're like you get down on yourself and it's like oh maybe yeah. maybe my business isn't right or maybe I'm not right. <laughs> like I don't think about those things anymore. At all anymore, I'm like okay, great. Like that got me. I just heard a no. That got me one step closer to hearing a yes. Yeah. And like I'm just gonna work incrementally harder now, more and more and more to get more and more no's because I know that that yes is out there. I don't know how many no's I'm going to hear before I get the yes, but like that yes is there and I'm going to get to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I try to think if you have any examples to inspire listeners, but do you have any funny no's that you've got in the past that you'd feel comfortable sharing? Cause I can think of one right now.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. So like I love golf. Like I asked and <laughs> it's funny, like, you know, I've got a, a baby now. And so golf's like kind of, yeah. kind of difficult to play. Uh, although my wife's pretty cool about it, but she always says like, you know, like, can't you play? Why do you? Why does it have to be nine holes or eighteen holes? Can't you go play like four or five holes? And I'm like, well, it doesn't doesn't really work like that. A, you have to like pay for eighteen holes. But B, usually on the fourth or fifth hole, you're like probably on a far place of the golf course. But anyways, I thought it would be funny if like I went to the local golf course I always play and say, hey, like I just want to play three holes because like the first three holes kind of like wrap back to the clubhouse. I was, I was like, is, yeah. is, Can I can I do that? And the guy just like stared at me. <laughs> he was like, no. you can't (laughs) uh so so then i was able to go back to my wife and like yeah see honey like you you can't just play a couple holes
0: oh my gosh that is awesome that is awesome um i'm trying to think of one i uh my brother actually challenged me i think at one time when i went to san diego just just for this was just for the fun of it like a year ago um (laughs) <laughs> this one's bad this is really funny um but he asked me to like strike up a conversation with the lady that worked in the retail area um and then say that i was pretending to or no that i had to ask someone out at work and i had to ask her to practice on her <coughs> she looked at me dead in the eyes and was like uh no <laughs> it's just just like flat out no and I just like I laughed so hard and then she ended up sorry she laughed but um, it's the best part of that was like it's super cringy absolutely embarrassing but like nothing bad happened from it and if anything like worse comes to worse like everyone's just really entertained.
1: And we all do those things like, you know, when you're hanging out with a bunch of guys or like a group of girls, like I'm I'm sure they, they, they do the same kind of thing. And I don't know about you, but I have that friend that's just like, oh yeah, like, and he just like, just go talk to girls and it's like the easiest thing and they like him and he's funny and because he just goes up with confidence and it's just easy because he's going to go talk to, you know, another human. Like there's really nothing, nothing more to it. And that's how he views it. We view it as like, oh, what if they say no and pressure and rejection, Mm -hmm. um, so go through the process and like, you'll be able to just walk up to any one of the opposite sex and like, like it's nothing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about your podcast and anything else you want at the end, but uh, let's challenge our listeners here. So we should ask people to do a very similar thing like rejection therapy. Um, how many days do you think this should be Alex?
1: I mean, I tried to, I would try to do it for, for 30 days. I mean, I, i you'll definitely have results if you do it for one or two weeks So, I mean, you can say I'll do it for one or two weeks, but I would set the goal of doing it for a month.
0: Okay, cool. So let's challenge our career warriors for 30 days to have a rejection a day. They have to have one actual rejection. So if they say yes, it doesn't count. And I would say let's in there throw in like a real legit career ask. So something that would further their careers. Let's say once a week, they have to ask something for that. And... Uh, anything you would el- you would add to that, Alex? Yeah, Which I would I'm say kind of just start off with here. the easy
1: stuff, you know, low hanging fruit, like I was talking about earlier, and um, you'll know when it's the right time yeah. to to build up to actually making meaningful asks. Um, you'll, it'll just it'll be a totally natural transition.
0: Yeah, beautiful. That's that's I think the overall theme here is like it can definitely apply to your real world uh, situations that can help you out.
1: Yeah, and so. you, and you can get discounts on you know stuff you buy.
0: Heck yeah. Yeah. I get, get a lot of money off that Starbucks coffee or whatever. So
1: Starbucks might be, might, might be tough. I mean the, the big chains, but, but actually I bought something at Bloomingdale's once and they're like, yeah, here, 15%. I was like, Oh wow. <laughs> Good thing I asked.
0: That's awesome. So, okay, cool. You have been challenged listeners. So, uh, your best rejections, go ahead and email them into projects at let's eat grandma.com. That's P R O J E C T S at Let's eat grandma.com and let us know your funniest and best rejection stories. And would love to hear that. Maybe we'll read them out loud. If you say that's okay. Alex, you've been a fantastic guest so far and I love all of your answers. I think you've been inspiring everyone here. I just want to hear a little bit more about how listeners can find out about you and talk about that podcast.
1: Yeah. So I've got a podcast. It's called moving up and we have Very similar conversations to the one that I'm doing right now, kind of tying stories and the ups and downs of really, really, really successful people's careers. I mean, I've had founders of Facebook and GroupMe uh, and big time venture capitalists and investors and startup guys. And so it's like all sorts of interesting people talking about how they got to where they are, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the failures um, that set them up to be really, really successful.
0: You did have that Venmo founder on there, right? What was his name?
1: Yeah, I had Andrew Cortina from Venmo. Amazing. You know, Facebook had a couple have had five co-founders actually. One of them just spoke out last week, but I had Andrew McCollum from Facebook and I've wow. had I've had on um, some really really big uh venture capitalists as well.
0: Yeah, Alex is legit, guys. This is awesome. So, make sure to subscribe to his podcast, which is called Moving Up. Another reason to subscribe is I will actually be on his podcast myself. So if you want to hear me in his ball court, that'd be great. All right, Alex, anything else you want to add?
1: No, Chris, this was so much fun speaking with you. Really enjoyed it.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks for being a part of the 44th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. And everyone, thanks for tuning in. We're just so excited to hear your rejection stories and anything else you think about our podcast. So make sure to subscribe and I'll catch you guys next week. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out let's That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services. If you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked and please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search it forward thanks guys for being true warriors and thank you for tuning in i'll see you next week